They were jizz whalers from across the galaxy who became superstars. We were the first band to have four triple Beskar albums in the galaxy. The Max Rebo Band were cool aliens playing loud jizz music. The Max Rebo Band struck a chord with the public, but almost struck out with luck and constant lineup changes. They went on tour without me. We thought playing steady at Java's Palace would be a good thing, but we were so wrong. Eventually, the band critics couldn't touch tore its way back to the top, playing a steady gig at the Sanctuary. Never did I imagine we'd survive this long. Life is great. Now, how Tatooine's local favorite band became a hit-making machine and lap-de-necked their way to become one of the hardest-working bands in the galaxy. Did you know he plays with his feet? That's gross. This is the Max Rebo Band, the story behind the music. Jason and this is Gabe. This week, we're talking about Max Rebo, the legend, the mystery, the return of the Rebo, the rebirth of Rebo, the revolution, Rebo reborn. People talking about return of the Mandalorian. We're talking about the return of Rebo, the Rebo reboot. It's been 39 years of Max Rebo gracing us in his Star Wars presence. The long wild, crazy history of Max Rebo and the Max Rebo band. I feel like we've been Rebo fans for decades, right? Would, Gabe, would you say that you've been a hardcore Rebo fan for, for a long time? Because I, I, I know I've been like a, de- a devotee of the Rebo band. Yeah, from the first moment my ears heard those sweet tunes, I have been a fan of Max Rebo and his band. His particular style of jizz music just tickles my ears. I like to think that 
if the Cantina Band is the Beatles, probably the more famous, more well-known. Everybody knows the Cantina Band. When you think of, like, what's the famous band in Star Wars, people are going to say the Cantina Band. Then the Rebo Band is like the Rolling Stones. More down and dirty, a little bit more unpredictable, a little crazier, a little rough around the edges. And as we're going to get into, they have a direct Rolling Stones actual reference in the band. Well, and they're also the band in the Star Wars universe that never stopped touring and never stopped playing. Like the Beatles, you know, the modal nodes, they had their time and and they they shined brightly, but then they got out of the limelight. And the Rebo band, they're still going. Different members, but it's still, he's still making it happen. Still showing up. They may look a little different. Time passes, you know, maybe Rebo doesn't look like what you remember, but the magic is still there. The magic is in the music. He's been doing this for over 40 years, day in, day out, living the life. So I know I had the toys. I had the Max Rebo Band toy set. Did you have the Rebo Band toy set, Gabe, growing up? I didn't. And I think that's, I was thinking about that. Like, if I had to list my regrets on my deathbed, I think one of those down the list is going to be that I never had any of the Max Rebo toys. The old or the, because they even had all the new ones in the, in the like 90s, 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I missed out. I don't know why. I don't know why I never got any of them. I have a plush, like a little Beanie Baby Max Rebo. I, I had the Kenner, the band set, and I got I got a Rappertoony figure. You're a better man than me. <laughs> but I've always just been really attracted to the Max Rebo band. There's something about, I'd say, the original lineup. I've got nothing against Ja Yauza. Nothing. Nothing. But I, I've got to say, I love the original three-piece of Max, Droopy, and Psy. There, there's a magic in that core group there. Well, it's the way a lot of bands are. You know, you still love their later work, but they just, it's not, it doesn't have the spark of their earlier, their earlier stuff. It's like a band, it's like when you got into them, maybe when you saw them in concert, that's your lineup. And if lineups change, you're just like, who's that new guy? I guess I'll like it because the other people are the same and they all seem to get along and they like this new person. But it'll never be the same for me because you fell in love with that, the, the core idea of the band and like what they, what they were. And I think that's Rebo band for me. Again, Jai Yauza, I'm sure Jai Yauza is a great yuzum. I've never met him, but you know, I'm sure he's fine. I like what he added, actually, in Jedi Rocks to the Rebo sound. But I almost feel like perhaps when Ja Yauza took over, the Rebo band had a front man that I don't know if the Rebo band really needed. He had a lot of success with his solo albums beforehand, but it's a little different, yeah, when you join a big group like that. You know, it's like if you talk to somebody who's like, I like Judas Priest after Rob Halford left. Or I like the Motley Crue album that Vince Neil isn't on. You're crazy. But, hey, those people are out there, right? I think the when Rob Halford wasn't in Judas Priest, they, they have one song about like an evil web page or something, though, or, 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 or like a murdering computer or something. That's pretty good, but... Speaking my language. <laughs> so it's not all bad. But that's kind of Jedi Rocks, you know? Hey, I like Jedi Rocks. I've always liked Jedi Rocks, but... 
Does it have the magic of Lopty Neck or Jabba's Baroque recital or the, the many other Max Rebo songs that we're going to be getting into later? I don't know. That's a question to be answered by other people. But Gabe, how would you describe the, the magic of Rebo? Like, why are we still in the year 2022 when there's all this Star Wars stuff going on? Why are we talking about Rebo? What is the appeal of the Rebo? I really think it's just the whole concept of live music in the Star Wars universe just blew people's minds in the first movie. And that ever since then, every little bit of new in-universe music or live music is just... Because there's only ever like little tastes of it. And after Empire Strikes Back, there was no band in Empire Strikes Back. So when we got to Jabba's Palace, and not only was it full of all these ridiculous creatures, there's a whole new band of creatures playing Star Wars space music. And it actually was different than what the Cantina band was doing, but sounded exactly like you would think another band in the same town would sound like. I think it's just one of those things that just latched onto your brain of like this, this is for real. This isn't a movie. Like they have bands in this town and they're blue. <laughs> it looks like a seal elephant man playing giant piano keys. I don't know. It's what Star Wars is all about. I always think too, that part of it is just the, the Phil Tippettness of Jabba's Palace, which we're going to be getting into just a little bit. The blast of just wild insanity aliens and creatures that Phil Tippett went over and above the, the, the assignment for Jabba's Palace and the bizarre kind of mismatched nature of the Max Rebo band and just kind of the way it's so Star Wars that it just cuts to them just kind of they're just playing along and just it's just what happens at Jabba's Palace. This is just how it goes here. And it's insane. Yeah, and you have this floppy-eared blue elephant man playing this like circular keyboard. Well, and the and the fact that they like show him like kind of counting it off with his fingers, like he's just really directing the band. Well, and they, yeah, they cut to him several times where it's like they, you see him covering his eyes. Well, I think you brought up a good point, too, about just the Phil Tippettness of it, too, because it almost is like the Cantina Band is like the stuffy country and Western band or, or old person band playing in the, like, beat up old bar in town where this is like where all the uh, San Francisco freak kids are hanging out with, like, the newest, the new sound is the Max Rebo Band. And they're like even more wild and outrageous than those stuffy uh, modal nodes back in town. And they look that way. Like you can tell that this is like, like, it's, like we were saying, this is like a dangerous version of Star Wars music. Right. They have a singer. The modal nodes doesn't have a singer. Like yeah. the, I would imagine like the Rebo band when they have got to start whipping into like Lopty Neck, they turn it up. Like those amps go up. Where you'd imagine, like, the modal nodes, like, you're at a bar. It's like, hey, guys, kind of, you know, people are talking. There's a couple Duros over there having an argument and stuff. Like, some crazy old wizard just came in here with a laser sword. Like, let's kind of keep it down so people can talk and the bartender can hear the orders. 
But no, Rebo Band, it's like, no, now's the time for the band to play. And people are dancing to the Rebo Band. There's no dancing at the cantina. Well, and for all we know, the only reason Jabba's palace is so full of all the crazy characters and creatures is they're there to hear the band. Could be like the Rebo Band is playing at Jabba's palace. We got it. This is the place to be. This is a cool place to go to. It's like when you hear about like fancy parties and like, oh, Elton John was playing piano at some fancy party or something, or somebody got Coldplay to play at their like their birthday party or something. Not that like I don't. I, I'm just I'm just making stuff up. That's the Rebo Band though. They're the cool band. They're in the cool place. A blue guy. A guy that looks like, I don't know what, wearing brown shorts and a lead singer with big red lips and a feather in her head, on her head. That's the Max Rebo band. They're legendary. And I don't know. We, we, in this episode, we are going behind the music, the true story, behind the scenes, on the screen, the controversy, everything about Max Rebo and the Max Rebo band. Cool. Well, I'd always wanted to have the cantina be more than what it was. It was originally designed to be uh, lots of very exotic creatures. And when I shot it, I just didn't have the money and uh, the makeup man was ill and couldn't finish the masks. And so I was always left with um, sort of a less articulated monsters and less effective theme than I thought was necessary. This is the monster rally of George's dreams. The setting is the palace of Jabba the Hutt, godfather of the galaxy and host to aliens from a thousand worlds. So let's get into a little bit of the history, the behind-the-scenes history, the creation of the Rebo. And like we said, I think it all starts with Phil Tippett. Yeah, probably one of the oldest designs of Max Rebo was a maquette he created, I believe known as Monster Number 21, and also called Red Ball Jet. Which is weird because like the photos of the original Phil Tippett maquette, the Monster 21, it's like Rebo sitting there and he's surrounded by a bunch of red balls. Like, why? I wonder, was it, wasn't Phil Tippett the one who would just put random stuff in his maquettes, like, just to, <laughs> to try to make it more interesting? Maybe. Maybe he, was, maybe he liked it, and he's like, maybe if I put a bunch of red balls in it, maybe Lucas will, there's more of a chance he'll pick it up. Oh, what's this? Oh, those look like gumballs. <laughs> you know what I like, Philly. <laughs> George, you can't eat them. Don't eat them. Oh, he's putting one in his mouth. Whoops. Whoops, a daisy. I I guess I got to put him in my movie now. And the script for Return of the Jedi literally says the there's no mention of the actual Max Rebo band, no description. The only thing in the script says the band starts up. In the wonderful The Making of Return of the Jedi book, not the Rinsler book, the the old paperback one by John Philip Peacher. There's a quote from Tippett where he says, Some of the creatures suggested their character, like little Max Rebo. He's a goofy, screwy, funny-looking guy. Personality pretty much described by the design. They put this Monster 21 maquette out, and Lucas definitely took a shine 
to Max Rebo, which, of course, he did. Well, it's his two favorite things, wacky creatures and rock and roll. And there they were together, all in one place. Because Phil Tippett goes on to explain more in the in classic creatures, right? That the band slowly became more and more a bigger part of Return of the Jedi in the Java scene as as Lucas saw more and more of them. They're just some a whim that George has really pursued and has seemed to really be interested in and has a lot of fun with, although they occupy one line in the script that says something like, and then the band started up. Classic, classic creatures documentary, classic creatures return the Jedi. We did a whole episode on it many, many years ago, but it's, it's on YouTube and isn't it, it's on the Blu-ray, right? I think it's on the Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. It's not on Disney plus yet, but definitely you should check out classic creatures because it is one of the best little documentaries but the footage of lucas checking out the max rebo band and really taking a shine to i think he calls it in the documentary snooty and talking about what they can do with snooty's lips coming down to the one of the more amusing things will be to have this have a vocalist all about snooty so we can have her be the singer Sure. Yeah, it'd be great. She's got such a tiny little mouth. <laughs> She's going to sing lyrics. We're going to have to articulate her mouth. Well, it would have to be a... What it means is we'd have to figure out a way of opening the mouth and, and making it at least open and close. thing is, it doesn't have to be articulate. All it has to do is be able to open and close. It's a binary system, which goes like this, 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 wow, this, 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 this. And that gives us some room to yeah. come up with some lyrics and make a song. It also gives a great way of spotlighting. I went in to see the first mock-up of her, and she had these little teeny lips, and I just, it just occurred to me, wouldn't it be great with along the end of this long snout of these giant red lips, Mick Jagger lips. The old classic, the Mick Jagger lips, Mick Jagger lips. The Max Rebo Band is the Rolling Stones of Star Wars music, just because we thought it would be cool to say. It's because it's the truth. So they made the creatures. They were born out of the the amazing creature shop going on for Return of the Jedi, but also a huge part of what made Rebo Magic so special behind the scenes was the songs. Originally, we had Lopty Neck. There's a lot more Max Rebo band music out there than I think people often talk about or think about. It had... A very interesting beginning. Of course it did. Again, in the making of Return of the Jedi by John Philip Peacher, there's a Phil Tippett quote where he says, George brought in a tape of some music he wanted to use as a temporary track to give us an idea of the music the band would be playing. The band members are not horrible creatures who take themselves too seriously. Rather, they are quasi-comical, so the music is fun kind of up-tempo. From this temp track, John Williams made a much more elaborate version for playback that we practiced when we got to England. So that kind of brings us to the Warwick Davis short film, Return of the Ewok, where there's a part in Return of the Ewok where Wicket is walking through Jabba's palace, 
and he stops and he talks to Max Rebo. And in this scene, we get the first version of Lopty Neck in English, which was called Fancy Man. really dumb because i don't think i even realized that they were singing fancy man until we just started thinking about this episode all these years it was called fancy man and it just was i was oblivious to it what's crazy too in return of the ewok and we'll put the link to this clip in the show notes there's a part where they kind of show like the front of jabba's throne and there's a couple of the girls that are in Jabba's palace. Like one of them with kind of looks like she walked right out of Blade Runner with kind of like the two different colored hair. And it almost looks like like a more Jedi Rocks style dance sequence being planned. Because there's like rehearsals going on for dancers. Right? Am I crazy in thinking that maybe at one time the Jabba's palace, the original version of Return of the Jedi might have been more Jedi Rocks-ish with dancers and a bigger production. It really seems that way watching Return of the Ewok because I can't imagine them having someone come up with choreography to have going on in the background of Return of the Ewok just for little Warwick Davis to film. And it makes the whole ridiculousness of Jedi Rocks make a lot more sense if that was something that they were trying to get in for return of the Jedi. And it just, it didn't work for whatever reason. It makes sense why that would be something that George Lucas really wanted to put back in for the special editions. It's like even the move that dancers are doing in return of the Ewok, it's kind of like the special edition dance moves. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. That George Lucas is a weird dude. He's probably been thinking about that over and over again. Until 97, 98, when it came out. Her song was written in English, but translated into Hatiz, Jabba's official court language. So then Fancy Man led to the world-famous Lopty Neck, as we all know and love, but... In addition to Lopty Neck, there are eight other Max Rebo songs out there. Let's briefly go through each one of them and kind of shed some light. Like, it's crazy that there's eight Max Rebo songs. That's enough for, like, an album. Unfortunately, each song is only, like, 15 seconds long, potentially. That never stopped Guided by Voices. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm saying. So probably their most famous tune, other than Lopty Neck, with the original lineup, is one that has come to be known as Galactic Dance Blast. It's such a jam, such a jam. And that one is still in the special edition, which may have led to its continuing popularity. But yeah, it is a hot 
burning jam. It sounds like mid seventies Herbie Hancock and his Headhunters band is playing it. Like it's like the hippest music in a Star Wars movie. I love it. I just I love it so much. Just uh, number one on the pop charts. There's a second tune that they play in the background on the sail barge, which I don't know if that even has a name. I think people just call it the sail barge tune. It may have a name, but we're not aware of it. And that almost seems like maybe a variation on the Galactic Dance Blast. I like that 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 one's like, it's like the breakdown. It's it's like Galactic Dance Blast, like the remix. <laughs> it's like the the dub mix. What does that mean? I don't know, but that's what it sounds like. If somebody says like this is the dub mix of Galactic Dance Blast, I'd be like, okay, I guess. So then, with the addition of Jedi Rocks in the in late period Rebo Band, that's actually kind of three different songs because there's the main Jedi Rock song. There's one where uh, the Ula's dance, where she's dancing. Um, and then there's another one, Rebo in the Palace, which is kind of Ula's dance with some extra space harmonica. Rapper Tooney getting getting wild on the space harmonica. It's beautiful. I'll never forget the Magic of Myth tour. I went to go see it in Toledo, Ohio, and they had the Rapper Tooney puppet there, and I almost lost my mind. <laughs> Luke's a New Hope costume. Okay, cool. The, the Millennium Falcon. Oh, that's cool. You know, Darth Vader's suit from A New Hope. Oh, that's cool. But oh my God, Rapper Tooney. I took a photo of it on a Kodak disposable camera. I was like, oh, it's Rapper Tooney from the special edition. <laughs> when you tried to get it developed, did the, did the film melt? Because it's just, it's too hot to take a picture of. That's why they needed to invent digital technology. So that's the only way to film Rapper Tooney and not disintegrate the film. <laughs> they didn't have the technology in, in 83 to actually film Rapper Tooney. So we have the you know the the Max Rebo tunes that are more familiar that are in in the films in either the original Jedi or the ninety seven Jedi, but then there's there's some mysterious kind of more obscure Max Rebo tunes like the B sides or the ones that had end up on the box set. Well, one of the the wildest experiments in Rebo's musical catalog is a tune they played on an episode of droids and Cy snoodles in the band are getting crazy and that version was potentially a little too crazy for people so they re-recorded it for the DVD release of that droids episode, and it's a little more commercial than the than their original version. A little bit, yeah, a little bit more acceptable in the the pirate and the prince release. 
And that brings us to our final, possibly, Rebo tune. The debate still goes on every day. People are talking about this, yelling at each other. Families are divided. Baroque recital. Is it a Rebo tune or is it not a Rebo tune? I think it's a Rebo tune. It might be a cover. I don't think it's a Rebo original, but I think Jabba asked them to play that song. And I almost feel like I've always kind of thought that's like Jabba's morning music. After everybody eats, they're gonna they're gonna crank up the amps and they're gonna play their play the hits. But right now everybody's eating, so they're just playing some quiet background music. I mean, Broker Cycle's another jam though, too. Like that is just an amazing hot, hot, hot track. And if anything, I feel like that's even more Rebo playing it because that's mostly all like keyboard sound. It's almost like a Rebo solo. I wonder if that's like pure Rebo. Yeah, that's like the the Max Rebo solo album. It would all just be like Baroque recital. And of course, we should mention too that on Earth there were many different covers of Lopty Neck. Right? There was there was a, a Mika one, Mecca, whatever you want to call it. That's a total jam. There's one what. Earth, like that was John Williams' son. Yeah, Joseph Williams. I think he's singing it in Hatties still, but it's him singing it, not Size Noodles. But it's a totally different. It's a full-on cover with like a crazy synth bass and stuff. It's that version's pretty hot, actually. <laughs> I feel like there's other ones out there, too. Like, I feel like I'm always finding Lopty Neck covers, especially ones that were done in the 80s. And there was a music video made for Lopty Neck, which is really cool to watch, too, because it's got tons of footage of Jabba's Palace aliens that is not in Return of the Jedi. Well, and that might be, be even more evidence of this originally being a bigger dance production than what was ultimately in the, in the final movie, at least the original 83 version of the movie, because they had the extra footage for the music video. I just love that there was a music video made. And there at one time, maybe there was the idea of like, Hey, could Lopty neck be like a hit single? Could we get this on MTV? Maybe. So let's move on to the legend of Max Rebo. And a lot of this is from the story and the band played on by John Gregory Betancourt from the classic Tales of Jabba's Palace book. Kind of goes into the whole history of the Max Rebo band and their shady story, kind of. Most band stories are a little, little shady in the beginning. But originally, they were Ever Orbis and his galactic jizz whalers, right? And Ever Orbis, he was like an octopus man. And what they got robbed by a bunch, like a, a bith, a bunch of bith. And 
when he pulled out like a flamethrower from one of like a fake leg or something, right? What is <laughs> Yeah, he had a fake tentacle and he was hiding a, a laser gun or a flamethrower or something in it. And he shoots the driver in the in the space bus they're in and it crashes. And then because I think it was the 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 modal nodes didn't want them playing in town or it was another band of Biths. And 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 then ultimately Evar gets killed. So Cy Snoodles, Max Rebo and Drupy McCool, who was called Snit at the time, get their equipment and become a trio at that point, I think. And Snit decides he doesn't want to be called Snit anymore because that was Evar gave him that name. And then he becomes Droopy McCool. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the whole thing, too, this in the story that Psy is actually a spy, which is cool that that then carried over into Clone Wars. Well, and the most important thing from this story, really, is that we realize that Max Rebo only cares about food. <laughs> and I think most of this story is just him talking about food them agreeing to work for Jabba because they're getting paid in food and Max Rebo just eating the hors d'oeuvres off the droids. And I can totally relate because in, in real life, true story, multiple times I've played gigs and I've only been paid in food. How did you feel about that? Was that, <laughs> I, I was, it was awesome. <laughs> I played one, I played bass for one show and I got paid with a, with a prime rib. So it's, it's all worth it. The good stuff, yeah. So I should have been in the Rebo band. I would have been totally okay playing for food. So yes, yeah, somewhere in the, the history, then they they gain all the new members, and then there's an amazing article in Star Wars Insider number sixty seven that kind of gives the history and backstory of every single member of the Max Rebo band, and according to this article. In Insider 67, Max later like joined the Rebel Alliance and entertained the troops of the Alliance. And probably after the Galactic Civil War, he opened up a restaurant chain, a restaurant chain called Max's Flanth House, and he became very rich. Hopefully in one of the new shows, maybe somebody can go to Max's Flanth House. Well, everyone's been so happy that Max is back and... Everyone was so excited that Boba was back. So, surprise, surprise, there's a Boba Fett series. Maybe after the credits at the end of Book of Boba, it's going to be Max coming out, opening Max's Flanth House, and there's going to be a whole series about Max's Flanth House and Max Rebo running a restaurant. <laughs> we can hope. We can hope. Yeah. The other great bit of backstory is everyone's favorite, Ja Yauza. After the events of Return the Jedi, joined a different band with the incredible name the Palpatones. Their with their uh, their hit single "Stop Palpatine." <laughs> Stop Palpatine. <laughs> the Palpatones. It's controversial, you know. You. Do you want to book the Palpatones after the fall of the, the Galactic Empire? I don't know. It's, it's tricky. It's a tricky one. That Ja Yauza is not, uh, he's a bold individual. He, he doesn't play by your rules, society. He's living on the edge. He's playing for the mod kids in Tatooine. That's going to see the Palpatones. They don't care. A gray-haired Ja Yauza. 
So yeah, Droopy quit the business, according to this, and Sai Snoodles had a very sad ending where she became addicted to spice. But yeah, in canon, at some point now, we know that Max Rebo officially survived the sail barge. He's got a new gig now playing at Garza Whip's Sanctuary. So who knows? Well, and if anything, yeah, this is like the third chapter in the Max Rebo legacy where they, you know, he had his wild music with the trio in the early days. He kind of got hooked on the blues in the middle there with the Jedi rocks period. And now he's a little bit older and he's a little bit mellower and he's kind of a little bit classier with his music now at the sanctuary. Well, and I think the fact that he's playing that, jazzed up Rodriguez influenced version of the Cantina classic that he's maybe he's come around with his old rivals, the modal nodes, and he's kind of giving him a shot. I mean, it's it's still not totally clear if the Bith playing with him is a former modal node or not. Maybe, you know, they've joined forces. I don't know. The sanctuary is a pretty classy place. Who knows? But well it it could be Barkin Dan who was in the Max Rebo 12 in the, in the blues period. I don't think they've said that guy's name yet. So it could be another member from the, from the blues, the blues version, the Jedi rocks lineup. And they got an R5 droid on the drums. So it's almost like he's, he's, he's pushed. He's, it's like, he's got a drum machine now, you know, he's pushing the limits of what can be done with, with the Rebo sound. Well, he's trying to, you know, he's still trying to stay a little contemporary with compared to, you know, what the mod kids are listening to. They're they're into that that drum machine sound, so he's still he's still keeping it hip. Okay, let's move on to the final part of our. Deep examination of all things Rebo. This is the controversy of Rebo. And I think it relates to what we've seen recently in the book of Boba Fett with Max Rebo. In an article in StarWars.com by Pablo Hidalgo from February 2013, talked about the fact that the action figure for Max Rebo, the Kenner action figure, had two arms, two legs. And kind of everything we've seen of Max Rebo since then, and Max Rebo's species, two arms, two legs. But that is not how Rebo was originally intended. Well, and again, I think this goes back to the whole Phil Tippettness of it and Phil making crazy creatures and not trying to make like normal proportioned humanoid things. Because really going back to the Red Ball Jet maquette, you really see that, wait, he doesn't have any arms and his arms or legs. He has a butt. Like, what's going on? He's playing the keyboards with his arm legs. He's just got these two, it's a head, and these two things that kind of, the base of the shoulders, if you will, are the butt cheeks. And he's not sitting inside the keyboard like the action figure was he's sitting on a pillow on top of the keyboard 
And this Pablo article is absolutely insane because he goes through like the vaults of Lucasfilm and posts all this production art and all these schematics on how the Rebo puppet, if you will, would work and how all this old stuff from the vaults of ILM with where a person inside will be. And there's so many pictures to back up that Rebo was playing with his legs and Rebo does not technically have arms. It is proposed that his flipper flopper ears may be flippers like a seal and those could be his arms, but he has no arms with appendages that he's like, like the later addition to Star Wars, Sebulba with his feet, arms and arm legs that, yeah, Max plays the keyboard with his feet, which are his arms. Now, in the book of Boba Fett, those clearly are not his arm feet. He's got arms. And this is the same character. So, Gabe, what do you think happened? Does They could explain it that Rebo species, as they get older, perhaps they grow arms. Maybe when we see Rebo in Return of the Jedi... Maybe his species, they weren't in the arm-growing stage at that point? Well, he doesn't have legs in Book of Boba. He still has arm legs. They just are bent a different direction. Mm. We, we don't know what's going on with the rest of his keyboard thing. A good thing, too, is if you see on that Star Wars.com article, there is a photo of the original Rebo where his legs are bent looking more like arms. So it's not out of character for him to bend his legs that way, like he does in Book of Boba. They're still technically correct if you compare them to that old photo, which I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't use that photo as an example of, see, his Mm -hmm. legs can bend that way too. So what the Book of Boba told us is true from a certain point of view. And, you know, his species might just have very flexible... Leg arm joints. If you just have flipper arms and you have to do everything with your hand feet, having very flexible elbow knee joints would be advantageous. And it makes me, the whole thing makes me think too, because before this article came out, I never would have known that, even though I've probably watched Return of the Jedi like 10,000 times in my life. I don't think I ever studied Rebo as closely as I maybe should have. But I think it goes to show like a couple things, like the power of the old action figures for how the action figures and playing with the figures and kind of what we think the characters looked like versus what they really looked like on screen or the colors of costumes or anything. No, because it really is like your Jedi's palace is kind of intense even 50 times in, like there's a lot going on. So you kind of, yeah, your mind just doesn't focus on that. And then you see the toy and you're like, well, okay, that makes sense to me. Totally seems like what's going on. But once you actually see the real thing and your brain kind of makes a connection, like it just seems obvious after the fact, like, why were we fools? Why didn't we catch this? (laughs) Because even the, the, the newer version of the, the action figure was still more or less the same as the original one. Oh, yeah, my little beanie baby stuffed Max Rebo 
sitting there looking at me right now with his feet and two hands extended out in the sides looking like he wants a hug. So I always think that's what Max Rebo looked like. Well, there's a Funko Pop of him and he's got arms and legs and like he's wearing like Boba Fett's Bacta Tank underpants. The Funko people didn't read this article. What's wrong with them? There's been Robot Chicken episodes where Rebo's been running around with arms and legs. Maybe we've come far enough now where when a new Rebo toy comes out, we can get something that actually represents the original Phil Tippett design. Would that be too shocking for people? Is the truth about Rebo too real? And maybe the legend of Rebo having two arms and two legs is just what people want to accept. I keep thinking that maybe they'll finally make like a Hot Toys Max Rebo band and then I'll have to buy it because I regret not buying the older figures. So let's hope they don't make one because it would probably be all 12 band members. Rappertoonie, Jayauza. Yeah, I would have to get them all. It'd be an actual furry Jayauza. So, Gabe, we've talked about Rebo behind the scenes. We've talked about the legend of Rebo. We've talked about the controversy of Rebo. Going through all of this now, who is Rebo to you now versus when we started an hour ago? Oh, he's still one of my one of my favorites. An inspiration, a musical inspiration. He's one of those bands that you hear when you're the right age and they just speak to your heart and make you lifelong fans. Such big fans that even 39 years later, you're still jamming to jamming to his tunes like it was like they just came out. I'm feeling like there's there's always some truth in legends, but the legend of Rebo, I think, is bigger than the truth. It's kind of like the Motley Crue book, The Dirt. Some of it probably not true, maybe, but we want to believe the legends of these musicians if the truth is that Rebo plays with his feet and doesn't actually have arms, that's the truth. Okay, I can accept that. But I, I'll believe the legend that he has two arms, two legs, maybe. Because in the end, it's, it's the music that will continue to speak to us for decades to come. Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Introducing Size Noodles and the Rebo Band. Job of the Hut Action Playset sold separately. Play it again, Size. Starring Size Noodles. Droopy McCool on clarinet. Max Rebo on organ. Ribbit Rebo. <laughs> Dance, Droopy. It's your last Size Noodles in the Rebo Band. Job of the Hut Action Playset sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise.
right, so folks, you know the deal with Apple Podcast Reviews. If you're listening to this on some sort of Apple something, when you get done, go over there. We would love it if you wrote something nice about the show. Leave us a five-star review. We'll read your review on an upcoming episode. And if you listen on Spotify, all you got to do is leave a little star review over there on that thing, too. And make sure you check out our website, BlastPointsPodcast.com. And you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're in our Super Chill group. If you want to support the show in a different way, we've got the Blast Points Army on Patreon. Every single weekend, we've got our Book of Boba recap episodes. Just last weekend, we had our episode for Return of the Mandalorian. Woo! It's a hot one. Don't try to take a picture of it with a disposable camera or your camera will melt. But yeah, that is going on over there on the Blast Points Army on the Patreon and we got to give a shout out this week to our friends at the Old Republic podcast who we discovered just last December did an episode also Max Rebo behind the music. So if you like what you heard here, go check out the Old Republic podcast and listen to their Max Rebo tour de force discussion. The music of Max Rebo touched a lot of people. It's, it's too big for just one show to talk about is, is what the deal is. But that about wraps up number 297, a very special episode of Blast Points. Almost should call this one Galactic Dance Blast Points. (laughs) I think maybe we should. But yeah, we'll be back next week with another all-new episode. We're almost to episode number 300, folks. Watch out. So until then, thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. I had to take my socks off. (laughs) May the force be with all of you.